Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Evening and welcome to Horror. A very special uh, episode this evening. Because um, it's your birthday. Because it's our birthdays. Myself yeah. and Chris are enjoying our birthdays this week. Um, so as a special treat, uh, we've shown Chris my favourite film of all time. She's kind of just outside horror, but fuck, it's my favourite film of all time. It, it has so enough definitely elements. I understand that now. Yeah. yeah. So we have just come, we've just come out of watching Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. And my God, I'm still excited. Chris, what did you make of Big Trouble? <laughs> <laughs> well, what can't be said about this? This is, I think, as I said earlier, how did I not watch this like many years ago? Everything that I've been told was correct. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. One of the most quotable, yeah. most exciting... Most funny films. It's ever. it's insane. It's one of those weird ones where you just think maybe two years earlier or two years later would have been like blanket fucking enormous. Mm. Yeah, but just missed just missed a point at somewhere because I mean like because you've got all the all the kung fu stuff and the wire yeah. work. Yeah, you know. If that had been actually, that's the point. If you'd have released it ten years later, if that was ninety six, yeah, that would have smashed it. That would have been like you know, uh, that would have just been like right, Tarantino go, Robert Rodriguez go. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that would have topped that era of filming. Yeah. And but yeah, it was that's just, how far ahead of its time it was. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's the problem the film had was, I don't know, it just covered such a large gambit of. There's everything yeah, there. Yeah, every yeah. element, yeah. Definitely a lot of funny. Such a quotable movie. Mm. It's yeah. I also I can't think of anything else with Kurt Russell, and yet I know him well enough to call him Kurt Douglas. Is that even a person? <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Douglas is, yeah. Kurt Douglas is the father of Michael Douglas, an actor. Of okay. Him. Yes. Um, but Kurt Douglas is <laughs> probably a guy <laughs> who. He probably owns a garage somewhere. <laughs> probably, probably New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of, and is stroppy about it. 
You know, it's like, oh, uh, oh it's, uh, I was told to meet, meet a bloke, Kirk Douglas. It's Kirk <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> yeah. You know, he gets the arse about it. But yeah, so Kirk Russell, is that his normal sort of style? Well, oh, Kirk, yes. It uh, is. Okay. Well, I mean, he always plays an obnoxious dick in everything. But, an, but, but a very, a very likeable, yeah. Yeah. He, it's, I mean, this is, I think this is the... This is the second one he worked with John Carpenter on. Cause he mm-hmm. did, no, it must have been the third. Because uh, he did... Uh, with John Carpenter... He did loads of films... He's done loads of stuff with John Carpenter. Um, he did... They did... Uh, John Carpenter did a TV movie of El- called Elvis. About Elvis Presley. And Kurt Russell was Elvis Presley. Need to see that. Okay, I wouldn't have that expected that. Massively. No. That sounds... Because <laughs> I think... Yeah. It's, it's a weird one to sort of come up. But Kurt Russell... Kurt Russell was a child star, so it's a bit mm. Roddy McDowell again. And then, kind of the the I think Elvis was like the film that was like, oh no, this guy's around. He's you know he's still acting. He's an adult now, mm. and he can do this stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, so, really? and then he did he did escape he did escape from New York, oh, in yes. which he is Snake Plissken. Uh, Snake Plissken. Or oh, I thought I thought he was dead. Or would have been a bit taller. <laughs> um, in Escape from New York, and then they did a sequel in the 90s, Escape from L.A. Um, and obviously he's uh, McCready in The Thing okay. as well. So One of Adam's favourites. Oh, yes. That must be on the list as he's, well, I guess. He's, yeah. he's, also, um, he's also been with uh, Goldie Hong for years. And I have yes. put, I have, I've noted the word lucky bastard down here. <laughs> but... Kurt Russell is one of the few people who you do not begrudge that sort of yeah. success. No. You know, because it's just like, he seems like an excellent bloke, you know. Yeah. And I'd sleep with the arse nicely. I know you would. But in terms of other stuff, um, apparently he's cash in Tango and Cash. I know he's in Tango and Cash, I just didn't know which, whether he was... That's orange it. drink I, or cash I watched that last year actually in that film stands who, who is Tango is it so Sylvester Stallone, Stallone. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Wop as he's referred to <laughs> 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 that's fantastic that's yeah um, <laughs> overball backdraft Stargate he's okay, like yeah. in the original film of Stargate ah, yeah, he yeah. plays the, the marine who's got the secret yeah. job to set the nuke off on the other side of the gate. Yeah, Colonel Jack O'Neill, apparently. Um, I've got to mention that he's an executive decision, just because it makes my sister laugh. That's a long story. Uh, <laughs> Vanilla Sky, Bone Tomahawk, and he's worked for Tarantino twice now. He was Stuntman Mike in Death Proof, and he was in uh, The Hateful Eight as well. Uh, and again, just a lot of sort of Boorish, yeah, blowhard sort of characters. Mm. It's very um, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. It's in that same sort of area of characterisation. Oh, Who is Bruce Campbell? Uh, from Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil okay, Dead. it was. Yeah. And of course, he's now in Fast and Furious. He comes into Fast and Furious oh, is he? in six, I believe. Oh, right. So okay. I believe he's in six and seven. Yeah, I could be wrong. No, it might just be five. Yeah, no, I think it is six and seven. I'm going to go with that. Are you the only Fair person well, out of anybody that's watched all the Fast and Furious? All of the Fast and Furious. Oh, no, no. I work with plenty of people who've oh, watched okay. them all, including someone who said uh, about Fast and Furious, they were they were 
curious as to why it had not been Oscar nominated, <laughs> and then then said, "Fast, I don't know why they're doing Fast and Furious Eight. That's going to ruin it." Mm. And it was like, I'm assuming that they pissed on this particular grave a long, long it's, time ago. It's so tongue in cheek, yeah. and it's. It's, it knows it's, it's stupid. It's it knows it's over the, exactly, yeah. and it's, yeah. it is yeah. just the complete stupidity of it. That's that's the that's become. I will the point watch of it, it just because of what you've said. They eventually, are, they are brilliantly awful movies, okay. and I love them for it. I'm I'm just concerned about how much time I've got left on Earth. <laughs> but maybe you know, in, in, if it's on when I'm in the care home. It's worth oh, the oh, 13 oh. hours or whatever to watch all of them. I've not seen eight yet, so I can't vouch for eight. But Fair enough. I, oh, God. Well, the, the same person who said they were going to ruin it did love it. Though. Oh, so, well. you know, there we go. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not entirely sure the man's <laughs> an arse, so I'll just say that now. Obviously, we've been saying it, but um, directed by John Carpenter, which yeah. is our second John Carpenter movie so far. Oh, yeah. out of six yeah. movies, we've covered two John Carpenter, which I think yeah. is a fair amount for John Carpenter. I think yeah. it's a good. I think it's a good. I think we've done a good mix as well because Prince of Darkness is pure horror. Yeah, and then much more just everything. And that that was was that written by John Carpenter as well? No, that was uh, it was. A, it was a script uh, to... Oh, I can't think off the top of my head who the two guys were, but it was a, a script that John Carpenter then adapted. Um, and apparently, originally, it was a Western. Yes, it was supposed to. And it was supposed to be... He gets caught up in the the, the big Chinese battle mm. and loses his horse. And yeah, rather than the Trump. trying to get his horse back. Okay. And yeah. then I think it was at the very last stages before shooting, I think it was the script writer or somebody said, this would be better if you'd made it contemporary. And he went, ah, yeah, go on then. <laughs> As a very last minute decision, it was going to be, because John Carpenter's a massive Western fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well loads of his stuff is Western. One of the guys oh, at the start Western. did sort of do a cowboy... Yeah, oh yeah, the guy yeah. with the um, yeah. bandolier from the because uh, with the it? yeah with those lovely two golden mm. white handled revolvers. Yeah, the guy from the Wing Kong. Yes. The other because the, um, I mean getting sort of just into it and everything, but obviously you've got like those two, you've got the two gangs that uh, mm. are fighting. Uh, the Wing Kong, you've got the guy with the bandolier and the uh, two guns, but there's also another guy with a moustache who's, who's a yes. lot does a lot of hatchet work and is kind of one of the main. People they focus on. Yeah, he is Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, he's also the torturer in Lethal Weapon. Yes, he's the guy who's yes. electrocuting uh, Mel Gibson. Yes, and you know we thank him for it. <laughs> so that that guy's na- that guy's name is He doesn't sing. Um, but you yeah, that's it. Al Leong yes. is that guy. He deserves um, to be named. And he's also he in he's also in Die Hard and the Shit Godzilla. Oh crap! He's in Die Hard. I forget Die Hard. In Die Hard, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, and he's also I mean a lot of these guys. He's stump. He did stunt work in They Live, Escape from L.A., Ghosts of Mars, and a lot of the various gangs. Like you've got the Chan Singh and the Wing Kong. Most of them are obviously stunt guys mm. because, let's face it, they haven't got yeah. you know that that is their role within it. So <laughs> hire stunt people, but a lot of them 
um, when I was sort of like looking through, a lot of them have worked with John Carpenter since. Mm. So I See, think I'm he like made that. a lot of he, good connections. There. Yeah, yeah, he he does. He very much does that. As, it, as we were saying, you know, with Kurt Russell, mm. he does. If he gets on with someone, they generally will turn up in a lot of his stuff, which is well. One of one, one of the guys in the um, Laws of Death, like the three street yeah. punk yeah. guys at the start. One of them is a, a, a guy called Jeff Imada. Um, and he, following that, he's John Carpenter's stunt coordinator on Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Body Bags, In the Mouth of Madness, Nora. Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, and The Ward. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he was obviously very impressed with him. And yeah, he's, yeah, and he did like, he's done like Blade Runner, House, not Hugh Laurie, but the yeah. Vietnam in the cupboard. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that just. I've got all three of those queued up to rewatch. Oh, some we, point we as should well. definitely watch House. So it's that, my favourite that, Vietnam movie of all time. <laughs> I say that to annoy people. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that, that, was, that probably was one of the scariest early movies I saw. Oh, cool! That would be one to, yeah. nice yeah. to revisit. Yeah. He sits in an electric chair and screams, "Turn up the voltage!" Or is that House Three? I don't know. It's one of them. That, that, that is I think I've only seen mind. one and possibly three. Okay. I think I've seen one and possibly two. Yeah. But as I said, I've got right, all three watch ready to go. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, we might we might have to. Go or, down, or we go should down pick a weekend and do like a. Oh, a house! Movie. Yeah, a house weekend. We can all dress up like Hugh Laurie and like <laughs> walk around with walking sticks and be grumpy and take loads of drugs. <laughs> yes. No, so, we don't advocate that. No. For the benefit of the tape. For the benefit of the tape, we are denying uh, the use of drugs to anyone. Vicodin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, yeah, and, and obviously we've got the Storms, who mm. are just fantastic. It's so iconic. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's I don't think they are... I don't think there's anything that's like a, pro- a proper mythology or anything. They may well they be, but just decided. But just yeah, within, cool. within that, they are just yeah. so cool. And yeah, what was the? Because um, you you spotted it, and it is um, Raiden mm. uh, yeah. from Mortal Kombat, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah Lee mentioned that. Yeah, but yeah. it did seem yeah surprising. I would have thought I would have heard of them. Really through through that. Yeah. Apparently, there's I don't remember uh, Shang Tsung mm. in Mortal Kombat, and yeah, apparently yeah. he's uh, that's who Lo Pan is based mm. on. Uh, he he is based, based on, on Lo Pan. Yeah. Okay. I must at this point p- point out that David Lo Pan so named because he's got a sunken toilet. So, oh my god! I've been doing that joke for years. <laughs> <back here. laughs> But yeah, I mean, in terms of so, yeah, what I mean, so essentially positives. Then yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to to give any negatives really because you certainly uh, leave your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, mm. you know, it is just endless fun, really. Yeah, and then from the beginning, you know, so it's interesting. I was trying to work out what you said about why did I have that first clip. About him, yeah, I, and I can see so it doesn't. Before you came in the room, mm. I've it's the only thing that's ever been s- slightly jarring about that film is the, the very beginning yeah. um, of Egg Shen talking to the solicitor guy yeah. before the opening credits. 
I've never, it always feels really tacked on and I don't know why. So, it so is my, really my only thought is that they're pointing out that he is important because you don't really see much of him until later on and then it turns out he's really important. Apparently, so I thought perhaps that could be... Apparently, it was the studio asked them to film that bit. Oh, really? Because, yeah, and, yeah. and it's well done for spotting it, mm. because basically what it was is that the studio, not quite understanding what they had, said, but Jack Burton seems a bit of an idiot and he's the hero. And it's like, not quite. He's he not is an idiot. Hero. He, he does nothing in that film. Yeah. Apart from kill yeah. Lopin, literally, he yeah. is on the sidelines, and it's Wang who does everything. Yeah. That, <laughs> and that was that was like that was like the point of the movie was that it was like this guy thinks he's the yeah. lead, and he does, and he's not. He's the sidekick. <laughs> it's like Robin thinking that yeah. he's the bollocks, and like Batman's his mate. <laughs> not to be too racist but you know that is a stereotypical brash American yeah. Yeah. coming in and charging well he would immediately assume that Wang must be his sidekick yeah. because he's yeah. the American you know so it's like when they come out of the tunnel it's alright everyone don't panic I'm here yeah and it's mm. like what he, everything yeah. is fine we it doesn't all... he, yeah it, it is a, and that's why they put that on at the start because mm. it was like they basically insisted that they do that to make Jack Burton focused as a hero. So that's why it's him saying, you leave Mr. Burton alone, he's mm. our, you know, he was a hero and he helped us. Okay, yeah, that kind of, cause, cause I Did I you spot the lawyer? Needless, yes. The lawyer, um, don't know if you guys recognised him, he is Deep Throat, the informant from the first series of The X-Files. You know the guy who just keeps feeding Mulder information yeah. all the way? Yeah, that's the lawyer at the start. Is I've yeah, not him. seen X Files since it was originally yeah. aired. Yeah, because that was the thing is, is I um, when I was um, it's one of those ones that I just completely forget. Where it's like, oh crap, and he's in it as well. Yeah. But it's that because it is just that. It's sort because of the odd film little doesn't scene. need it. No, it's it's the only part of the film that's completely superfluous. Because mm. I think that's the thing is it actually because. From, I suppose, because what it is, is it sort of starts off with him, like, it, it, without that scene, it starts off with in Jack the on, on the truck. A, sort of talking to himself, possibly, mm. but maybe to yeah, that, anyone who's listening. That, on the, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, nobody ever comes back to him. He no, just treats just, it like he's a radio DJ. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that it's probably just all the other truckers are sick of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to engage because he's an idiot. <laughs> You know, they're, they're just like, oh, fuck, I'll switch the channel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because no one's just like, oh, I'm not this guy. You know, every time I'm driving down here, I get this guy on the fucking oh, CB. It's such random shit. It's, yeah. Oh, it's excellent. I love it. But again, that's the sort of thing is from that point onwards, it just, his, he gets, it's sort of like, because all of his sort of ramblings at the start are just needlessly pompous <laughs> and just dumb and, yeah. me- and it sort of sets it up all the way through I mean the mm-hmm. only thing you can say for that open for the 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 tacked on opening mm. is that you know it creates a drop off at that point where it's like what this guy's the yeah. you know? and then you yeah. sort of fuck, but, that he does yeah but it, yeah and I think that's the thing is it's just um, I th- and not only that but also it's one of those ones where everyone got it apart from the studio Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt Russell knew that was the yeah. role he was playing. That's yeah. why he wanted to do it. Yeah. Apparently, like Jack Nicholson was up for it and stuff, and but 
Um, John nobody, Carpenter only wanted Kurt nobody Russell. Nobody else could have played that role. Well, there is the horror of the fact that someone's remaking it. No. Yeah. Um, now, watching it, and this, I got this the last time I was watching it as well. The person who would be perfect as Jack Burton is Henry Zabrowski. Yeah. Of like just sort of marching now into that I would watch. Yeah. Sort of just marching into it being like an obnoxious, an obnoxious like not knowing that he's not the star. But yeah. apparently uh, Jack Burton is being played by The Rock. Now I like The Rock and I reckon that he probably gets it. Yeah. If they're going that route, but they may not be. So no, I felt because I said I don't know if I said to you. Um, I said to it was either you or uh, Chris because I went to see Ghost in the Shell twice. Yeah. And both times they showed the Baywatch trailer. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And when it came on the first time, and it was like, oh my god, it's the Baywatch movie with the Rock. The, oh, I just I don't even want to watch this three minute trailer. And by the end, I was like. I've got to see this. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> over the top and it knows what it is. And like you say, it's, it's the fact that he's that they're all in on the joke, mm. the same as Kurt Russell. Yeah. So I don't want it remade. It doesn't need to be remade. No. Even the special effects stand yeah, up. It yeah. looks amazing. It has that mm. same weird, it's that weird period like Ghostbusters. I don't think anything in Ghostbusters looks shoddy. Yeah. No, considering it's thirty years yeah, ago, you know, it it's, looks amazing. It's weird, like the, the 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 old woman at the start, the proton beams, the the trap, yeah. Slimer. Nothing looks, looks bad, sort yeah. of crap, and yet and it's better than early CGI. When you look at yeah. early mm. CGI now, stuff like Spawn and stuff, if you go back and rewatch mm. it now, is painful to watch. Yeah. So I wonder if that is just the it's okay for us. Like, it'd be interesting to see if people who weren't born and saw the films... Mm, true enough. Because yeah. it, it does, it is funny how it just seems almost natural seeing those effects. Mm, yeah. um, I suppose a bit like the Star Wars effects, because the Raiden um, electricity was a bit like the Emperor. Yeah, you know, yeah that, that actually, yes. Again, it looks like, even yeah. if you did it now, that looked Well, flawless. Yeah, but, but I, I would think that, but I just wonder if it does apply to everybody. might do. Yeah. I don't know. The only person I've introduced to it recently is... Um, our friend Simon's son Jack. Oh, okay. So, oh, he's, yeah. he's, so he's thirteen, I think, yeah, and he okay. came around and watched Big Trouble in Little China um, because his father had a panic attack that he'd never seen it when it came up in conversation. Mm. So <laughs> marched him round <laughs> immediately to watch it. I like, that's good, good I like, I like yeah. that. That's, a, that's, that's a, proper parenting. Yeah, but that's, not seen Big Trouble in Little China. Get in the car. Yeah. I, love, I love that. It's, it's almost like a, it was almost like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Thing. You know, it's like you hear about parent like fathers taking their kids to a brothel. Yeah. It's like no, no, you're coming now, young man, and we are going and watching this because you we can't not have this. We die hard. Mm. And, yeah, and they came round and watched it, and yeah, it, again, it, it was like. Yeah, it was really good. I don't think he necessarily got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot going on for 13 year But yeah, like the effects and stuff, he said, oh yeah, it looked really good. It was really okay. So So he got that element of it, certainly. Mm. And I think, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think there's any duff performances in it. I think, mm. you know, there's no... Yeah, they, all, they all suit yeah. exactly the style. Every, the, 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 there isn't a duff set in there. Every no. room is Yeah, they're really interesting. And, and, like, and the monsters, like the floating eye thing. Yeah. You know, oh, do you know what? Funny. I've got to tell you about this. We, we went to uh, 
an all-nighter, John Carpenter all-nighter at the Prince Charles in Leicester Square. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this was on, it was about the third movie on, it was about mm. one o'clock in the morning it started. And there were two guys sitting in front of us. Um, and during the interval between films, one of them was going, I've never seen this film. No, nor have I. Oh, it, it, it's really weird. It's the only film in here, really, that isn't horror. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it'd be good to see mm. it. Um, so they clearly had no idea what they were in for. And they just sat in almost silence <laughs> until the point when the massive ginger hairy monster appears and one of them just turned to the other one and really loudly just went, oh, well, what the fuck is going on now? <laughs> it was just his anger at the complete, what well, I don't understand any of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think the only, thing, the only two things I really remember about that were the number of Jimmy Savile references that were taking place throughout from most of the crowd. <laughs> Drew exclaiming really loudly during Big Trouble in Little China that he was going to illegally download it the next day. And he was drunk. Yeah. Uh, well, I think everyone was. But it's also right just now. the fact that... Um, I think the weirdest bit they, the weirdest bit of pacing, though, was when they put the fog, like, second from last or... Yeah. Was the fog number four? I think it was after Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Which is the most sort of atmospheric and still of all the films. And it was like, okay. people are going to be nodding off to this. I think yeah. it was because I think they showed. So I think they did. It was Halloween first. It was Halloween, and then it was Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, then The Fog, mm-hmm. and then They Live. And that's why. Isn't it six films? I'm sure it's six films, but I can't think what the other one was. Because I know that I know most people. I know you didn't get to they live. No, because again, because it was the getting... fog sent me sent me. Yeah, down. exactly. Just, I love the fog. It's a fantastic film. At four o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I need something a bit and, more and life. After, yeah, after big trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I can see how you could possibly think, oh, maybe have a little chill out after that. But yeah, it, I but think, I think in reality, it's, a thing. it's not. Oh fuck yes! They showed well, the thing. Didn't yeah. none of you make it? No, no, we got, no, we got the thing, then Big Trouble, wasn't yeah. it? Because it was, yeah. yes. So, yeah, it must have been Halloween, Escape from New York, York the, the thing, thing, Big, Big Trouble in Little China, China the, the fog, they live. And me and Dean stay for they live. And the the weirdest thing is, is obviously, we'll cover they live at some point, probably next okay. time Trump's elected again. Have you not seen they live? No. Oh, oh, that's right. another ultimately quotable, oh, Christ, yeah. yeah. But, um, but one of the main focuses in it is sunglasses. And uh, Dean had some sunglasses with him, and he went into his bag, like when we when we left, and this was like seven in the morning, and we were quite wired. Mm. And uh, yeah, he uh, went into his bag and got sunglasses out, and there was another pair of sunglasses in there, mm. where someone had obviously just mistaken his bag for theirs and put it in there. But <laughs> just for that brief moment, especially <laughs> as tired as we were and as strung out, we were like. Seemed very right. Okay, put them on. No, you put them on. No, I'll put them on. <gasps> Did you have a five-minute fight in the middle of the street? <laughs> <laughs> just keep punching yeah. each other endlessly until one well, of you puts on the pissing. Yeah, I clotheslined him until he did it. So, <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, but and yeah, I've got. I've got I have fun facts Ooh. as well. Like I said, loads of stunt people involved and everything. Said about deep throw. Um, Uncle Chu, Uncle Chu, yeah, is 
The most notable role I could find for him of sort of like similar or genre sort of stuff. Mm. He's the old boy in. Uh, he's the old magician in The Prestige. Mm. You I'm know, the, the uh, have you not? No. Oh no, no. But yeah, that's that's definitely worth a look. But I'll I'll, I'll leave that. I'll be. try that. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, uh, Gracie Laws, Kim Cattrall, who's obviously mostly known for Sex in the City now. She looks amazing in this film. Oh, yeah. She well, she was stunning. also, she was Miss Honeywell in Porky's. I've not seen Porky's. Oh, really? No, it's in my sure. collection. Ah, fair enough. I think I bought a box set of Porky's 1 and 2 and never got around to watching Fair Honeywell. enough. I'm pretty sure that was another one that was in the, uh, the, the rental Shop. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Balkis yeah, yeah. was always yeah. there. Actually, most of the yeah, she is the 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 rental lady because yeah, Balkis, po- the first police academy, yeah, mannequin, oh, you know, all the name, yeah, where a, a dummy comes to life basically. So yeah. Oh, mm. speaking of King Control in this movie, mm. it's the only thing I found about this movie. That I was like, oh, that's a bit odd, um, but it did make me laugh because it's only. Last time I watched it, which was obviously only a month ago, yeah, suddenly spotted it. So at the beginning, when they are betting, mm. and he says, "I have nearly a thousand dollars here," and uh, Wayne says to him, "One thousand one hundred forty-eight, Jack." So that's how much money he's got. And at the end of the film, he pays him triple that amount. Yeah. Now I know it's nineteen eighty-six, but he turns to Kim Trail at the end when he pays him the check and says. I'm a rich man now. I think he on is meant to be taking the piss there. I was going to say, that's all right. I was yeah. say, on three and a half grand. I, th- that's I, th- a- I think it works both ways, because it's either Jack is a fucking idiot, <laughs> so he pro- that is probably <laughs> the most money he's had in his hand at any one time. Yeah. Um, or, you know, it's part of it's part of the old Burton charm. Well, so. that's all right. Because, you know, just, I was like, oh, yeah, he's rich now. Oh, no, he's, no, he isn't no, rich it's, now. It's, no. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's, well, it must be about four grand if you count the forty sevens as well. I suppose it's edging up. I think, but, but okay. we know that he pays six grand for his car insurance because he told us that. Well, that's his insurance that. sorted for a year, which yeah. I think is lovely, and I think that Jack probably would go and invest it that way. Yeah, or just I, go and buy a load more Chinese beer. Like yeah, slugging away at the beginning. So, oh, so who can explain why he's chasing her the whole film, and then when she says, "Yeah, okay," he's like, "All right, see you around." And I might not come back. But what's the, what's the, well, I think, now he's got us. <laughs> I think he's trying to be cool. I think that's all it is. I think it Jack is Burton just, doesn't have to try to be cool. He oozes it. That's what it? he's thinking. Yeah. So it's like that's his decision. I do. Yeah. Like, I I do think that there are far more people in this world who should just be frank and say, eventually, I rub people up the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because honesty is yeah, you know, it's the best policy. Put that on my CV. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that oh, I that was a line that I liked. Is you know the Chinese have a lot of hells. Yes. So I thought I'll list them as we went. Mm. So there's the hell of being cut to pieces, the hell of boiling oil. I love that bit. Says it's the hell of boiling oil. Really? No, it just says kick out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hell of the upside down sinners. Hell where people are skinned alive and hell of the headless something. He shouted it, so I couldn't quite get it. But yeah, so there are a lot of hells apparently. Are they based on real Chinese? But I think I think there are. I think, I think the Chinese do have a lot of hells. There are, but then there's the, there's the guardian. There's like an Egyptian guardian. There's he who has. It's like something he who has backwards legs and eats his own feces. 
And so there's a lot of weird, quite <laughs> specific stuff out there. So well, back to Bruce Campbell. Have mm. you seen My Name Is Bruce? No, I've still not watched it. Yeah. <gasps> okay, so the demon in that can't remember his name is the Chinese patron saint of Bing Curd. They have oh, right, okay. a patron saint of Bing, and he is the demon who is. In fact, I can't remember the character's name. Ah, oh, Guandi. 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 Okay. I'll have to check that out then because I think it's, I might be in. It might be in a, a very similar ballpark then of American blowhard versus Chinese demon. It's, it's, it's so. such a fun fit. It's very low budget. We need to do an indie session at some point, introducing you to indie mm. horror. There's it's some great indie horror out there. Adam will testify. When you get somebody who comes up with an idea. And again, doesn't have a studio saying, well, you need to, you know, round off the edges and make it a bit more. So when somebody just has, this is my idea, idea, it's completely mental, I'm going to make it. And there's nobody telling them no, you can get some amazing Mm. stuff done like that. Equally, I think that there's also the element where uh, a lot of stuff where it's, right, we haven't got a lot of money. So we've got to be inventive, yeah. Rather than oh this fuck it, we'll CGI that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On, on this bit, yeah, we'll CGI mm. that, and then that bit, yeah, we'll CGI that. No, we haven't got yeah. that. We've yeah. got three bo- cardboard boxes, and we're meant to represent hell, yeah. right? So, is that my yeah. favourite for that? Um, as you know, because I watched it ad nauseum, and I think I made you watch it at least twice. Um, it's my party, and I'll die if I want to. Yeah. Um, which is great fun that is by the way a film I definitely think we should watch just because I haven't watched it for a long time and would like to is um, what's the Peaches Christ one? Oh, all about evil yeah that I yes. love that I need to re-watch that again because I've not seen it for at least six months yeah okay when we do indie horror we should probably do that yeah. so a drag artist from New York who's a massive horror film a, a massive horror fan made a horror film um, with Natasha Leone before she's she was big she was in Pee Wee Herman films I've not seen any of them okay. um, and she's now massive because she's in Orange is the New Black yeah Nichols mm. yes but oh, she's so good she's yeah, definitely she's my favourite character um, but in between yeah she did this super low budget independent film called All About Evil uh, made by this Peaches Christ um, and it's amazing. It's really good. It's a, a girl inherits a cinema and starts to get people back in because they show old cult classics. Um, starts making her own independent short films before each of the films, mm. but is actually just killing people on <laughs> video and putting it out there as. As if it's a film. Yeah, and okay. it's got Mink Stole in it from the old John Walters films and stuff, and it's it's really good fun. Mm. It's, so See, I, there's a lot there's a lot of great, like you say, there's most horror, most of the good horror is low budget. I mean, mm. you get you get certain things. You get The Exorcist, you get The Shining, which had big budgets and were great. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier because Lee doesn't yeah. like The Shining as much as you do. Yeah. No, but then yeah, then there's. But I, I, give and take, I, I remember quite liking it, um, I think but it was a long time ago again. And then it turned out I'd mixed up Chris, D, Chris D, no. Carrie and Misery. 
At misery, you confused <laughs> with Carrie and and possibly Christine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the telekinetic car that breaks your legs and makes you write a novel. Okay, no, I like that. With I, John Travolta. With John Travolta. <laughs> Everything with John Travolta. Now, with added John Travolta. That's what, that's what George Lucas wanted to do with the Star Wars, you know. Is he wanted to put John Travolta, just CGI him into all the uh, special editions of 4, 5 and He's going to do that next month, so we have to buy the bleeding DVDs again, I think. Yeah, no, Disney are in charge now, so they're just going to put the mouse in it. Mm. So that's all good. Oh, they've um, done such a good job with those films. But I did remember Pet Cemetery. well, but I read mm. the book for that, which helps. Speaking of Stephen King, that's another one that I was yeah. thinking recently. Uh, have either of you seen The Mist? No. Yes, I watched it in colour. Yeah. I want to go back and rewatch it in black and white because I'll I can understand to... that. That's yeah, that would probably work very well. I there's a, love there's that a film. weird thing for this now, though. Have you seen that? There's um, they're doing what they call chrome editions. Uh, Mad Max Fury yeah, Road. I saw Fury Road is out, and there's another one as well. Uh, Logan, the Wolverine. Uh, the recent Wolverine one, they're doing that in black and white as well. I don't know what this... Was it you who was telling me that they shoot them very specifically when they're colour shooting? Although they shoot them in colour, yeah. they they shoot them very specifically so that when they switch it to black and white, it still looks good because if you take a normal film and, and show it in black, black and white, white it's rubbish. Weird, you, yeah. well, I, know that, I know that if you're shooting in black and white, you do have to do it differently, but I don't know if these guys have been doing specific... Like doing it specifically to, to make Someone it work. Someone was that telling way. me, and I can't remember who it was, but yeah, somebody was telling me more and more films are being shot so that they, they can, so they transfer over nicely. I wonder, I wonder if it's just because of awareness of people might not have a colour TV to watch it on. No, nobody. They don't, don't do black and white I, TVs anymore. Yeah, they don't, don't have black I and white TVs since the 70s. I don't but is it, is it like where you they change photos into black and white and somehow they look quite striking? Yeah, that's what I thought would happen with The Mist. I loved The Mist, thought it was Mm. a fantastic film. Yeah, and I thought if you watch it in black and white, because it's not as much about the visual, it's all about what's going Mm. on in the story. The atmosphere would work. Yeah, Yeah. I think it would. I think it probably would, actually. And the closing scene. Mm. So is, is The Mist where a mist comes down on a village? Town in the States, yeah. I think... I, th- I think if we if we if we get to it, I think it's the least said the better. To be oh, honest, okay, because it's Absolutely. one of those ones, definitely. Um, with big trouble, obviously, we've met uh, Wang before. He was in Prince yeah. of Darkness. Yeah, as yeah, that, was Egg Sheng. Wang, yeah. which is uh, Dennis, Dennis Dunn, Dunn. Dunn. Yeah, or Dennis did. You know, because <laughs> he's he's done it now. But did he, he done did it good? He done did it. He done it. He good? done it good. Did he do it? Did he do it? Good. And so he was quite a uh, sort of lippy in. Yeah, he was. He was just pretty, a stroppy bastard in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't really like. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, and, and then he, he got a bit scared when he was in that room, and they were trying to break in through the door. Which oh is yeah, when he was tra- trapped then, in the cupboard. Yeah, and then yeah, they broke through the wall, and yeah, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, so what else has he been in? Um, the, I mean, the only thing really of note that I saw was the fact that he's been in Prince of Darkness. He's okay. done, I think he's done a lot of TV and uh, sort of like a, f- a few series uh, like in America and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, mostly sort of, uh, I don't, th- I think weirdly enough, I think they, I think he was one of those people who kind of almost got big 
and then didn't. Yeah, yeah, you know. it, it, I thought he seemed like he probably could have done. Well, I think I'm, it, well because I think he's different enough in the in having watched Prince of Darkness and uh, Big Trouble fairly close yeah. together. The characters are distinctive, you know. Yeah. But, you know, he's not just he's not sort of working to one yeah, note. No, he or seems, yeah, he does seem to have a, a really good range. So, yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get picked up for more. It's but there we go. And Vince Wong, who played oh Victor Wong, yeah, Victor Wong, he played Egg. Um, now he reminded me a bit of Mr Miyagi, but that's I I know what you mean. He does, uh, yeah. But it, but he, he yeah. He, it might because he's like the older, wise. It's that sort of a role. The character. Yeah. I think I think, I think between the two, I think between Pat Marita, I think is yeah, yeah, Mr Miyagi. Yeah. I think the two of them were in sort of like that was kind of where they always. Ended up in. They were probably that, always in the same casting waiting room. Yeah, yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, they probably met a lot, and it's like, are you here for the uh, wise old Chinese man? Yeah, same here. Well, I mean, obviously, he was in Prince of Darkness. Yeah, um, a lot. Actually, a lot of this, I did see a lot of people. Um, oh, him and Dennis Dunn were both in uh, the Last Emperor. You know, the uh, it was a oh yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah, that. Like, quite the a 80s. big. Yeah, quite yeah. a big film, like sort of eighties. And um, a lot of a lot of the people in this um, also appeared in the Golden Child, the Eddie Murphy movie. I love that. I again, watched that a couple of months ago. Again, I think because apparently that was one of the things. Big Trouble in Little China. They 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 basically came out the same year. And ah. Big Trouble, they sort of wanted to get it out first because they heard about the Golden Child and thought. It's not too far a difference. Okay. He plays the old man in Tibet, doesn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. Yes, he does. And I think that's the thing, is I think that um, there is a... There is, it's one of those weird ones, you know, you just suddenly It would get, make a great double bill. Yeah, oh, definitely. But it's that same sort of thing where it's like, instead of, instead of like your typical sort of, not really redneck, but sort of like a typical white American, then you've got... Typical smart-ass black American yeah. coming into a world that he doesn't understand, mm. that's full of mysticism and Oriental law and things yeah. like that, and it's mm. sort of and, and again, and she does all of the asking. Yeah, yeah. She, she's yeah, the the woman in it is is the one who's actually capable, and he's just, just backup, yeah, essentially, and not particularly. And good there's no backup. idea what's really going yeah. on, obviously, with um, Charles Dance's character. Yeah, he doesn't realise he's actually a massive wing demon. Yeah, it's exactly, and I think it's it's a weird one that they both. Sort Sort of emerge at the same sort of time, hmm. and obviously Golden Child. I, th- I think Golden Child did better at the box office. Hmm. Um, both of them. I mean, obviously we both saw them as rental. Yeah, they were sort of like real mainstays of the rental scene, and I think that's where Big Trouble sort of um, uh, picked up. Really, hmm. um, other things I found out. Uh, apparently, uh, Miao Ying, uh, the uh, Potential bride who gets uh, kidnapped, etc., and actually stabbed by a yeah, and actually <laughs> genuinely stabbed <laughs> by by um, the, by uh, James Hong playing Lopan. Um, yeah, apparently he got a bit too rough because I noticed that. Because she does it, that was a bit of a flinch because she's meant to be hypnotised. Yeah. You, you sort of see her go, and it, yeah, he had actually just jabbed her with a fucking bodkin. You know, <laughs> that's because he's got a massive hat pin. Isn't yeah, it? Is it? yeah, not only that, but also you'd think surely they surely they'd have made a blunt one for the 
For the pokey for the, scenes. Yeah, because you don't really need to see them. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not that sort of... In close-up, yes, and we'll have a proper needle on it, but the rest of the time, just blunt, you know. But it's like Jack's knife, you know. It's Yeah. You can, in, in a lot of shots, you can see it, like when he's going round and it's in his mouth. Yeah. You can see that's clearly a very plastic knife. That, but then that Only is... Only on the Blu-ray, though. That is another lovely little detail. <laughs> the fact that Jack is now swimming underwater, so for no fucking reason he's got his he knife in his mouth like a fucking pirate <laughs> because he thinks that's what an action man does. Firing into the ceiling. You know, no one does that who's actually knows what they do. And I think, yeah, it's, that's just another sort of genius fucking moment. Though, it is, it is. And that's what I love about it. The more I watch this film, mm. I must have seen this film at least 20 times. Yeah. And there's still things that mm. I see that I didn't pick up on last time. And But, yeah, Meow Ying was uh, the Playboy Pet of the Month in January 1981. Okay. And she holds the distinction of being the first Asian Playboy pet oh. and also the first Asian cover model for Playboy magazine. So, yeah. so, so does she really have green eyes? No, no. no those um, again, it's neither does Kim Control. No, <laughs> for the benefit of the tape, we started watching it on the Blu-ray, and for some reason, the sound went out of sync. So we swapped to the DVD. But on the Blu-ray edition, um, yeah, every time you get a shot of either of their eyes, they're very, very, very bad contact lenses. Okay. Um, as I say, it's funny how. Only having seen it the other week on Blu-ray, yeah, mm. and going, God, then contacts look awful. And then as soon as you just go back to DVD, so not even going back to VHS, yeah. just going back to DVD, you suddenly go, oh, it looks, it looks all but right. Have they, have they done something to... No, no, it's literally just, just it's... that much quality. You mm. can just see how fake they look. Because there there's a very... There's, there's a couple of close-ups where you can kind of see it on the DVD, but there's yeah. like... Literally, the eye is filling the screen, yeah. yeah, and you can just see that there's like a, a circle of brown as w- the within center, the green, yeah. yeah. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it's sort of you know, I think it it works. But yeah, neither of them have got green eyes, so um, and um, and obviously, Mister Lopan, yes, James Hong, that man. Right, I discovered that I thought that guy's been in a lot. Mm. Right, have a rough estimate of of how many uh, how many roles he's had. Bearing in mind what was it we found with uh, Christopher Lee, it was like just over a hundred, wasn't it? I yeah, yeah, yeah. So is if, this film and TV? Yeah, film and TV because yeah, fifty. Chris, any any guesses? Eighty. Four hundred and eighteen. <laughs> what? Fucking. 418. That's Vincent Priceian. Yes. <laughs> he has been in a lot. He's in that. I, I know that recently the only thing I've seen him in is. Um, I know he's passed now, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he played the guy who ran the Chinese takeaway in um, Big Bang Theory yes. for a while. Yeah. And just. Yeah. I mean, he did. He's done. He's done voice. He did loads of voice work as well but I mean he was in just just pretty much any uh, basically any American series that we've had over here he was in it you know just everything I mean it's ridiculous obviously probably 
probably the thing that's the the sort of biggest or most famous one that he's known outside of Big Trouble in Little China is that he's Doctor Chu, the eye maker in Blade Runner. Yes, just me and your eyes. Yes, that's right. That incidentally, I work with a guy called Richard Burton, and tomorrow I will be referring to him as Mister Burton. (laughs) Very good, Mister Burton. And um, so there's obviously Doctor Chu, and probably the other one is being Cassandra's dad in Wayne's World too. Yes, mm. yes he is. And Again, he's one of those people who turns up in everything and then soon somebody goes, yeah. what else is he yeah. in? He goes, I don't know. I was trying to think his voice sounded very familiar he's as well. D- yeah, he's, he's uh, Kung Fu Panda. He was, mm. He's in Archer. Yes, he, he plays the dad in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, he's in, in Archer as well. He was one of the characters in Archer. Wow. Um, he, uh, he's been... He's done two different characters in Star Wars. He's like one character in Clone Wars and another in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. So yeah, and video games and just, just tons of stuff. Doesn't stop working. Yeah, I mean it's just, it's just incredible. When I read what, because that was the thing is I thought yeah I know this guy's been in loads, Mm. and then I scrolled through and it's four hundred and eighteen. It's like, like you say, that's Vincent Price here. That is. As you say, when you said bear in mind Christopher Lee's been in and I was like well Christopher He's Lee is a household a name yeah. Tom, as much as I love him yeah. and I love this film I wouldn't have thought he'd been anywhere near that much now from our own point of view and also to justify me buying it on Blu-ray oh here we go right, he wrote directed and starred in a 1989 horror film called The Vineyard and he basically, and from what I can gather, what, when I sort of read about it, basically, it's Lopan runs a wine shop. Holy shit! He invites people. Seriously, that. it's this old, it's this old gimmer who's a scientist who invites people over to his vineyard island, kills them, puts them in the wine, and then that makes him younger. Yeah, you need to... I think we need to find this, don't we? I mean, apparently apparently I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, it's an 80s trashy horror movie. I was like, and? You know, I'll be buying that. 80s trashy horror movie. I know. And I just thought, so, yeah, I'll I'll track that down so we can can enjoy the delights of uh, Mr. Mr. James Hong. But I mean, when I... I mean, that was the thing. This was... It was weird because this was a coincidence. I mean, I... Uh, obviously I was sort of like when I'm looking at people it's mostly on IMDB and things like that and I would have seen that he'd done a film called The Vineyard but I was also looking at Arrow Video's releases and one of their subsidiary labels and there was a thing on there called The Vineyard and I was like I don't know what that is clicked on it and it was written directed to starring James Holland I was like oh and we're watching Big Trouble in two days so I read a bit about that and it was like oh yeah Oh yes, yes. I love the it. stuff Arrow get hold of. They, they, really they just... yeah. This was this was listed along with a western with Divine in it, as oh. well, called Love in the Dust or something they like that. I don't know about this. I oh, know. There's some weird, weird shit that we need to know about. Now, my coming back to the uh, one of the more monstrous elements, the big red-headed creature. Yes. Mm. Now. At he, first, I thought that was Lopan. Oh, what like a, when he first appeared? I oh, thought, oh right. was he turned into that? That'd be that would have been cool. Like a yeah, just look like a, another spectre of Lopan. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool actually. 
I've ruined it now. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that to be it because that makes, that's really cool. But, but what is it then? Well, in the in the they just credit him as sewer monster. Hmm. But in the script, he's called the Chinese Wild Man. Now, again, this was one of those weird coincidences. I was listening to something about Bigfoot, hmm. as always, and. The Chinese wild man is the Chinese version of like Sasquatch or Yeti. Mm. Yeah, it's their, it's their Bigfoot yeah. essentially. Um, it's a Chinese myth. It's either called the Ch- the Chinese wild man or the Yeren, and yeah, akin to a Chinese Yeti or Sasquatch, a red a red haired biped purported to live in the mountain forest regions of western Hubei. Um, they're meant to be either a separate species like Bigfoot. But also, some claim they're the descendants of escapee workers from when the Great Wall of China was being built, <laughs> who went off and interbred and became these sort of bigger, more monstrous, almost like Deathline. Yeah, you know, yeah. sort of, you know, that kind of thing. That's an interesting story, which was just weird because, uh, and like I say, in the script they call them, and recently they released figures of Big Trouble in Little China. I or, have seen pictures. Yeah, of a, a guy, a guy at work who is not the guy who actually this guy does question why the Avengers wasn't up for an Oscar. So it's still, <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of. Think we're working out a ton of people you work. With, I know, right? I know, I know. But this guy did buy all uh, the editions uh, of uh, all the available ones of Big Trouble in Little China. You get they had a Jack Burton, they had a Low Pan. Um, I don't think they had a Wang, which is a bit insulting. But they did have um, they did have stop the storms, three storms, mm. and Chinese Wild Man. Wow! So yeah, and again, so it was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. Gets more interesting. He was played by a guy called Noble Craig. Now yeah. it's a weird name, anyway. Noble Craig um, was. Basically, he didn't have any plans to become an actor, but he was in Vietnam. He stepped on a buried artillery shell on his 12th day of duty. Hmm. It blew off both his legs, one of his arms, and partially blinded him in one eye. Bloody hell. So, he then got roles for creatures and things that you couldn't recreate. And he's he's in some he's in something called S, which is uh, in which he plays a half man half snake. He's a he's a partially melted soldier in the eighties version of the Blob. Mm-hmm. Um, these but these are the two that I thought would really get you, Lee. Oh, and he's in Bride of Reanimator as a creature in that as well. But these are the two I thought would get that. you. He's he's one of the few people to play Freddy Krueger who isn't. Um, Robert England. Wow. He is in uh, Dream Child. Is that number five? Yes. Yeah. He when Freddy bursts out of the woman's body. Yeah. That's him. And they basically hey. rigged the guy like he's dressed as Kruger, and they rigged him to her and put like false legs out oh the back and God. stuff like that to create that effect. And he's the vomit monster in Poltergeist Two. Bloody hell. Which I also didn't know was a Geiger design. Or Giga. Okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, in, in basically in Poltergeist 2, not to give too much away, but 
a man throws up another man. And, yeah, and that's him. Hmm. And basically, yeah, he just got all these cool, like, horror movie roles. How awesome is that? To take something so horrible and awful. And, yeah. And he sort and of, yeah. And use it to such a... And I, th- I, th- I think he, sta- he stands amongst our unsung heroes, you know. Yeah, yeah, de- yes, definitely. Sure. Because he he's, definitely does. He's just been in so much cool stuff, and like you say, just to I turn that iconic, around some into of some iconic films of the eighties. Yeah. Well, I mean, similarly, there's that guy who lost his arm in a motorcycle accident, who's in Shaun of the Dead as one of the zombies, hmm. and he's actually the one where. They burst in. He goes, "Oh Christ! He's only, he's only got one arm." Yeah, and that that guy genuinely only has one arm. And um, and actually, apparently, like they said to him, "Are you cool with this? Because we're it's saying this, and you haven't." Seems a bit. Yeah, it's, but yeah, and he was. Yeah, he said he was fine with it, and he's gone on to do like loads of really cool films because of the, of the accident that happened to him. Similar with this guy, you know, he's this. Uh, you know, he just went on, and it's like. Why not use I, it? Yeah, I can play it. these parts, you yeah. know. And like you say, they're iconic. You know, yeah. I mean, like he's he's played he's played Freddy Krueger. Mm. He's the um, the wild man in this. You know, and I mean, in this, apparently, uh, he, the reason they asked him is because they could they put um, sort of odd jo- oddly jointed limbs on him. So I was going to say because. Mm. He looks like he's got limbs. He has in in, in, in this in, in Big Trouble. He's got yeah. limbs, but they like built so that his legs would so bend at odd angles. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he almost has like a sort of appearance of like an orangutan or something, yeah. which again feeds back to the. That's one of the things they say with the Chinese wild man is much in the same way as people have seen Bigfoot. No, you saw a fucking bear. Yeah, and the same with this. I saw a Chinese wild man. You saw an orangutan. Yeah, yeah, so that's sort of yeah. It was walking on two legs. Yeah. It? You know, it's sort of, um, but yeah. So, and I just mm-hmm. thought that guy definitely goes into our um, unsung heroes he's definitely, pile. Definitely, and he does, does turn up at the end. He's the final. Yeah, character. yeah. he is the fi- yeah. He's the final, um, the final sort of uh, revenge or whatever. Because uh, yeah. I read, I read some people talking about was this because they wanted to do a sequel or anything, and I don't think there were there was any. It was just to be a bit it, funny. It was, yeah, yeah, it was just it was just a to be continued yeah. question mark. Yeah, which I think in a weird way I think you always. Have, I mean, it's like I I recently found out that that wasn't meant to be. There wasn't meant to be a dramatic ending to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, they were just meant to be. It was just meant to be. Freddie was beaten, and the world went back to being lovely. Yeah, but her being dragged through the window was mm. literally. It was, it was, as you say, it was sort of kind of tacked on at the end. Um, Wes Craven didn't want to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, and literally they were like, look, this is the last can of film we've, we've got. We've yeah. got to do it in one take. We've got one day, we've got one can of film. We're just going to have to... And literally it was at the end of a day of shooting, they just shot it. But is, is it because the studio wants to have... The opportunity to do another in case. I don't think like, it was he. I think it, I'm not sure who it was. I can't remember who it was who said they wanted that. Maybe they just because I mean I've watched. There's been a few films I've watched. I mean I've uh, Killjoy Two, which ends so nicely and so sort of like oh the evil has been defeated. Believe me, you're not missing out on anything. If we one day we could watch it. But I'm warning you, it's piss. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, it goes back to like everything goes soft focus. Uh, the main, the, the last girl standing in it, even someone comes in and hands her her phone saying, oh, your mum's on the phone and she wants to tell you she loves you. I'm not pissing about. Um, I'm sitting there, me and Dean were watching this and we're sitting there going, oh, it's got a turn. Do you know yeah, what I mean? We were yeah. waiting for a, like, hand out the grave or, yeah. you know, burst in and or, you know, the... Chinese wild man comes out of the back of the truck. We were waiting for that. Didn't happen. We watched all the way through the credits, thinking, oh, they must have put it on after the credits. The <laughs> idiots, because you'd have probably missed it going out of the cinema. Nah. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, you're suspicious of it now. Yeah. yeah. The ending, you're like, yeah, no, this, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. It's going to switch. At any second, it's going to get you. And I think that's the thing. is, is a, and, and I think, weirdly enough, maybe... Would we have had more a nightmare on Elm Street if it wasn't for that? End? If it would have ended nice, would people have come away from that a bit sort of like? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's iconic enough, and I think it's got enough power in it as a story. Yeah. That it's going to be a hit. But yeah, it's just. I mean, this, like I say, Killjoy is about. It's about a killer clown. Oh yeah, we were talking about mm. Killer Clown films oh, yeah, earlier. It, yeah. Before yeah. we were rolling, yeah, and I forgot about Killjoy because I've not seen mm. it. Well, there's there's Killjoy one, which is um, which is very much trying to be like a sort of um, like urban sort of I, I don't know, like a sort of LA gangs mm. sort of type film, where basically this kids getting bullied at school, but this kids getting bullied at school by these other kids in a gang. And he dreams up Killjoy, who then revenges on these kids. Hmm. And then the second film completely ditches that setting, doesn't bother with anyone. Killjoy don't even look the same. It's filmed on. It's like no, no one returns. Um, it's, Love it's, full moon horror. It, yeah, it's, it's just like yeah. It's it's even even like the first one's on like is on pretty cheap like video, hmm. and the second one's. On film stock that looks like it was left over from London's burning, like it's fucking, it looks older than the first one. <laughs> and basically, and this this is the thing that uh, I think really tells it. Killjoy two, we picked up in Blockbuster in the big video bin, and we watched it on video. Uh, the first Killjoy we found were in a garage. You know when they just have the when they used to have the rack of like two pound DVDs. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we found the first Killjoy as well. And, yeah, Jesus. Nick. Jesus. That's all I got. Jesus. That's all I got. That's all I got. Obviously, Mr. Carpenter um, did the music with, mm. um, uh, as per usual. I was listening to the soundtrack on the way around. Yes. And um, also, that's, it's him and a guy called Alan Howarth, mm-hmm. um, who is a regular collaborator with him. But, more importantly, the end music... Uh, Big Trouble in Little China by The Coupe de Villes yes which is a band made up of John Carpenter Nick Castle who wrote Escape from New York and directed The Last Starfighter and oh, Tommy really? Lee Wallace who's second unit on Big Trouble in Little China but also directed Halloween 3 Season of the Witch Fright Night Part 2 and the original series of It I knew there was a reason I why love you... all three of those yeah massively I thought you... yeah <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Lee Wallace is great and yeah and that's yeah. That's their. Um, they just 
created this too. band and it's a big problem. In little China. Again, it's one of the, a bit like the film, as I was saying, with the, I don't have to be in the mood for the film, just put it on whenever and I can always mm. work with it. That soundtrack, I can always just put it on mm. and I, I know exactly what's happening in the I can yes. see it scene for scene shot for shot mm. and I love that so that makes me happy if I'm having a rough day at work put yeah. the Big Trouble soundtrack on everything becomes nice and soft and neon and 80s and everything's fine see I work, I work on a different basis when I'm having a rough day at work I put on Assault on Precinct 13 and think about exactly how I'm going to kill everyone <laughs> Hey, <laughs> this is a raspberry ripple. No shit. <laughs> oh. oh. But, yeah. So, I was listening back to our first one, and we did ratings, but we don't do ratings no more. We don't, we don't do ratings but no I would, more. I would say that Big Trouble in Little China is a massive 11 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Trouble in Little China goes all the way to 11. As I said, you know, as soon as the film finished, before we got halfway through the credits, I'm off work tomorrow. I'm mm. watching that again. <laughs> I, I, I can just watch that film endlessly. Yeah. It never gets boring. No. And, just, and we're glad that you enjoyed it as well, because oh, that, yeah. that's the one thing, is you always think, oh, I'm going to show someone something, but it was something I saw when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to overhype it, but I can't help in it. In case with that it's nostalgia. Film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've got insomnia. I'm watching it again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, keeping in the so coming back as we were saying. So we've been meandering around the sort of seventies and eighties mm-hmm. and sixties before that. So we've been staying that way. So. Uh, bringing it a bit more contemporary, keeping with the brightness and the flashing and the the over-exuberance. A kind of grindhouse aesthetic. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Grindhouse? (laughs) No, no. We were thinking we will go with Rob Zombie's Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, it's another easily accessible, good fun. This is his good one. This is his his best one. This is uh, one of them. This is one of his best okay. ones. I only like two of his films. Yeah, but I like both of them very, very much. Okay, I presume the other is Laws of Salem. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's not age two, obviously, and it definitely isn't thirty-one. I've still not, I've still not watched it because so basically, be. basically because of you and Dean, it's like. I might it's watch take it a lot eventually, but it's I'm not going out of my way now. Do you know what it is? It's uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, um, WHM, they they always have... If a movie is kind of nice to look at, but it's a complete mess, they call it hangover film. It's like, you know what, you can go and get something to eat, you can go and have a little sick and come back. You haven't got to worry about <laughs> it. it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what it is. It's... The story makes no sense. There's no explanation of anything. It's got his aesthetic. Mm. It looks nice. Nothing's explained. Uh, characters just disappear and are never mentioned again for no reason. It's just an absolute mess of a film. 
but it has got his aesthetic on it in the same way that House of a Thousand Corpses does. So it has that in the plus column. But, uh, so what is the sequence of his films and what years? So House of a Thousand Corpses, we found out it was 2003. 2003. Okay. Awesome film. Very good. Then that is followed, is it... El Super Bisto or The Devil's Rejects? I think uh, it's El Super Bisto. El Super Bisto. Which is an animated uh, okay. like film. Mm. Um, Very pure old humour. But if you're in the mood for childish, over-the-top animation, it is it is good. It, I like it. And, I, it, and it's based around his... Uh, it's all based on his drawings so it's got that sort of mm. um, okay. white zombie Rob Zombie look yeah. to everything which is really great and it is I, I do like it mm. as I say the only thing I would say is yeah it is a very oh it's, it's bloody pure old, but, yeah. but sometimes that's that's fun sometimes okay. that's what you want yeah it? and then then uh, you get Devil's Rejects which I know you don't like but I really like yeah um and then closing uh, end end eight minutes of that is fantastic. Yeah, no, all right, fair enough. Um, then you get then then it must be the Halloween remake, I'm assuming. Yeah, and then Halloween so. two. Did he do? Yeah, two? yeah, yeah. H two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then you get Lords of Salem, which is just fantastic. And then it's thirty one. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's he he does seem to have a bit of a roller coaster going yeah. on a lot of the time. Um, like I say, I think I wondered. I wondered with thirty one because it was crowdsourced. You know, we discussed about do you, you kind of, in a weird way. Although it's I'm free from studio pressure, but if it's your fans who are all saying we love House of a Thousand Corpses, we mm. love Devil's Rejects, or do you know what I mean? If you then go off and don't do a horror movie in that vein, you kind of pissing off your employers yeah. or your investors do you know what I mean yeah. so you can't I suppose you go in you know you go in that sort of a way so that must be fairly recent then if it was 31 was recent. last year yeah okay. I think it was yeah yeah or earlier this year it's very yeah. recent mm. um, so mm. in two weeks time yes House of a Thousand Corpses by Mr Robert Zombie you haven't met him so don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I oh, no, no, I see you next time.